You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. You are listening to episode 129 of the Merged Marketing Podcast, and this episode is dedicated to you. Yes, I'm speaking to you, small business owner. I'm talking to you, entrepreneur. I'm talking to you, business leader. Anyone out there that has a team underneath them that seek leadership from you, this episode is dedicated to you because my guest today is an expert when it comes to coaching leaders. Susan Drum is a CEO advisor and leadership coach focused on helping leaders and their teams to develop the capacity and mindsets to lead in today's disruptive environment. She has personally coached billionaire CEOs, prominent Fortune 50 executive teams, and incredible entrepreneurs around the globe that set out to disrupt the marketplace. Now, Susan has a plethora of experience in coaching leaders to become better leaders, but I think this is an important conversation today in 2022, as the world is so rapidly changing. Leadership needs to change as well, and I think a lot of people are seeking better leadership from those leaders in today's work environments. Now, it's interesting because we actually pull music into the conversation today and how music can actually become uh, help leaders become even better leaders and become better people. And I think that comes from understanding yourself and what really drives you as a leader to lead other people. But anyway, enough about that. I'm sure you want me to kick it to the episode. So without further ado, let's kick it to my chat with Susan Drum. We are live. You're watching the Merged Marketing Podcast. You are listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. This is episode 129, and that right there is Susan Drum. And today we're going to talk about your path to enlightened leadership. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here with you. Definitely. I mean, we talked uh, We talked a, a while back, and, and it, I didn't intend on having you on the podcast until we got talking about your area of expertise, and I thought it was a no-brainer to have you on the show, and, and I think you'll provide tremendous value to our audience of entrepreneurs and business owners. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk more about what it means to be an enlightened leader and why that matters to your business. Definitely. Before we talk about that, let's talk about this. How, what led you on the journey to where you are today? Oh, gosh, I have a very twisty, turny background that's a little bit, uh, very, I would say, a lot interesting. I, um, I went to law school um, at Harvard and did not end up practicing law, which I have to joke, my parents must have been like, what the uh -huh. heck are you doing? Uh -huh. And um, But I really found that the practice of law was not going to be well suited for me. And so... I went into consulting. I still, though, had all this loan debt, so I had to pay that off and went into strategy consulting at the Boston Consulting Group and um, so got my first taste of consulting. Now I do leadership development consulting. And um, but but another twist happened. I, I went from there into marketing and business development at NBC. Uh, working for the network sales uh, division and then uh, went to drama school and this was five years post law school. And I went to the London Academy of music and dramatic art. And the thing is what I learned over there, I found so incredibly valuable 
and thinking, God, I need to work with leaders on this because after my experience um, being led, it's like there are a lot of leaders that could use what actors get trained to do. And what some of that is, is this ability to be authentic, to connect, um, to be able to focus and not be worried about the inner critic, that voice inside mm. your head that's always commenting. Because as an actor, if you don't get a handle on that, you can't perform on stage. You'll be wondering what the guy in the front row, why he's blowing your no his nose in the middle of your lines, right? You could be easily distracted, but actors have to have incredible focus and concentration. And, but also this authenticity, um, even though they're playing different roles, how do they play them authentically? And I think for leaders, I, what I see is um, they're more worried about themselves versus connecting to the person right in front of them and and leading from that perspective. So that's how I got into leadership development, to be honest. That's um, an insane. And I've been doing it for 20 years. That's an insane pivot going from law to drama. And <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of political leaders have taken a page out of those playbooks, right? So, um, but I think it's important. I think every leader and entrepreneur, especially in this day and age, when we're talking about the world of social media and digital marketing, you need to have that sort of charismatic personality to captivate the audience. Yes. Yes. And um, how do you, how do you influence and persuade people as well? Right. And there's not just a one size fits all. You probably don't realize that you probably have a standard way you go about influencing. But how do you draw on other styles? Right. And those are the, some of the things that we work with leaders on as well. So what is enlightened leadership in your opinion? In my opinion, it's you've done your inner work, right? You've done some work to deal with that inner critic, to deal with, I'm going to be really frank, to deal with the childhood wounds that show up in the workplace. Because what I've seen after coaching at this point, hundreds of leaders and working with lots of teams and frankly, coaching billionaires is that what happened to you, you know, your patterning as a child shows up when you get triggered at work. And if you don't learn to deal with that, you bring it to what you do. So there's this great phrase that leaders bring the weather. So whatever mood, whatever you are, everyone is keying off that and their behavior will be adjusted as a result of that. So if you want engaged employees, some of that's going to have to determine how you show up. So an enlightened leader is somebody who's done their own work. So just to get a kind of a tangible example of, of that in action, would it be as simple to say like, you know, uh, losing an opportunity with at a promotion at work and get letting your emotions show when you don't get that position? It's like taking, it's taking something away from you when you're a child or there's no Christmas or something like that. And it's letting that sort of emotion show inside of the workplace. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I wouldn't say that you don't want have emotions show because then that's inauthentic, but it's um, how you're managing that. And it, are you acting them out right there? I can talk about feeling angry about something or I can throw a chair mm. and I've worked with leaders who have thrown chairs. Right. And, and so that's a whole different level of um, building emotional intelligence. It's noticing what is my internal experience? What do I make that mean? And how do I get out of the patterns that seem to be playing out over and over in my life? And am I even aware of them? 
right? Do I even, do I even know that actually I have a default way that I deal with disappointment and, and is that serving me at the end of the day that, you know, am I going to victim talk? Am I going to blame all of those pieces? Historically, in my experience and the companies I've worked for and the, the leaders and CEOs have, have naturally just had this sort of, uh, you know, sort of vibe that they were giving off, even in, in the times where things may have been dark or they may have been issues in the business. They never let it show. Uh, not knowing what what conversations and how they're how they're invoking their emotions behind closed doors, but in front of everybody, in front of the team, they're never letting those emotions show or displaying those emotions in different types of ways. What are some effective ways that leaders can display or you know deploy those emotions towards their 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 group of uh, people that they're leading? Well, I think of course speaking about them and using them in a way that's focused on a meaningful mission. So I can be angry if we have a mission to do something important in the world and you know some issue comes up that we can't move forward, right? I can show my disappointment in that. But I often ask, you know, are you getting upset based on your own personal identity, ego and self-image or are you getting upset because there is a meaningful mission outside yourself and you're having trouble reaching that. That's understandable. But nobody cares if your ego, self-image, identity is like at the end of the day, that's you, right? And nobody cares. So what I, you know, when people are feeling emotions, I try to ask, like, what's that about? What's underneath it? And to do the work, because if it's the if it's the looking in and it's about how I'm looking, then then we need some work to do. Right. I can be certainly angry by what's going on in Ukraine right now. Right. Mm. And and I can share that authentically, I, I, not to the point where I'm throwing again, throwing the chair, but I can share that authentically. And I think I'm not suggesting that you be an inauthentic leader and you hide all emotion. But I think there's a difference in talking about it than acting it out. Definitely. And you have a book coming up in the fall, and I definitely want to talk about that. The Leaders Playlist. Can you tell our audience a bit about that? Yes, yes. So the uh, subtitle is How to Use the Power of Music and Neuroscience to Transform Your Leadership and Your Life. And it is a tool that I use to help people understand the patterns that they get stuck in. And ultimately, like I said, that you're living out some of your childhood wounds in the workplace, whether you realize it or not. And when you get upset about something, it really actually has to do with something that happened long ago. This is just re-triggering re that old neural pathway. But the thing about why music, um, that music can actually prime the neural landscape, make it easier for you to switch and form better habits. So one of the research, the research that I did is music lights up all regions of the brain. It's incredibly powerful. If you've ever seen any of the studies on Alzheimer patients who are non-responsive, when they put, um, they play their favorite song, they literally come alive. There's an increase in eye contact, in measurable happiness, smiling, um, and, and they almost become their old selves. So music has this incredible power to be able to help me change stick 
And if I'm looking to help leaders make shifts, I'm going to use everything at my disposal that helps them. And what I found over time is we can both use the power of music literally and figuratively. So the you've got an old playlist running in the background of your life. It's probably some old song that you didn't even realize was playing, but it's once you realize it's playing, it gets really annoying. And we both figure out what that old playlist is, anchor it to music so you can catch yourself. And I can give you an example of this. And then try to create a new playlist with a new message and create a list of songs that best support that. And then use that every time you find yourself kind of going into the old pattern, you can use music to shift your state. And this is also really important because as an actor, you need to learn how to shift your state. As a leader, you need to learn how to shift your state when it really matters, when you you have to show up for your team, for your clients, for your customers, based on what's going on in your life. Very interesting. I actually just painted my bedroom and I find I was painting a couple walls without music. And then once I introduced music to the whole experience, I actually really enjoyed painting. It was awesome. It wasn't tragically hip and it was just like got into the zone and I just, it was amazing. And I can totally feel that. So in terms of leaders, how exactly would they implement music into, into their routines, into, into their job? Like, how does that work? Um, so I, well, first we, we have to work with a leader to understand what's that old playlist, right. And why it's operating and, you know, how does it really show up? And I often say, you have to first get a belly full of, you know, something happens where you're like, I don't want to keep going on like this. Like I'm noticing something's off and I need to, I need to shift. And then, um, and I outline in the book, a set, basically a seven step process for going through this. The, then we need to shift to what do you want it to be? What is the new um, anchoring point that you want to gravitate towards? And really work on that piece and developing the music. And then I tell people, you know, you want to play it as much as you can when you're working out, when you first get up in the morning. But also it, it, it's something that that will catch you. You're like, oh yeah, there, there that is again. You know, you sort of stop yourself from going down this old neural pathway and be like, no, I want to get into this energy. And so really it's, it's, it's about how you use music and leverage music to shift, um, shift to be in the state that you need to be in. What's on your playlist? Well, one of my anchor songs, and uh, it's been when I first discovered this worked for me, is Bruno Mars 24 Karat Magic. And there's just something about that song, but it also links to my old playlist. So my old playlist was, I'm treated unfairly, right? And I could show you through writing about my life for this book as a precursor, I didn't even realize how many times it showed up that I felt like I was left out and treated unfairly through my personal life and my work life. And so, Once I got a hold of that and I created this new playlist, which is everything is working out for me, there's something about that song that brings me to that state. It's like, you know, I'm here. (laughs) And and it's I even like it it just lights up my like the 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 whole all the all the lyrics, all the songs. So that will get me into a great state of being no matter what. 
how many songs are on the playlist and when will you typically play that playlist on the commute on the way to work when you're working out when you get to your computer in the morning yes yes and yes <laughs> whenever you can and that's why i like to have variety so i have an anchor song and then i have a variety so how many at least 10 songs the brain mm. likes variety mm. but you want to notice what mu what you know athletes already know this you think about do you remember uh, back uh, with Phelps face and he mm. had those headphones on and he was like getting into this mm. athletes know that music can help prime you to get in the state that you want to be in. Right. And so if music is so powerful to, to, um, to help us be in the emotional state, then you want to create, find music and update music that keeps you in that state and keep practicing that state of being. Um, so that you can access it when you need it. That's so awesome. 10 songs, 100 songs, whatever you can find that best supports that uh, state of being that you want to be in. I'm a huge fan of music. Um, I used to have a band. I, I, I love it. I love the energy that it, that it would give me back in the day. And uh, and I could talk about this rabbit hole forever, but this, that's not what this episode's about. That We'll have to have you back, Susan, for another episode to talk about music. Um, but I want to talk about um, some of the challenges that are facing business leaders right now. Here we are in 2022. Yeah. What are some of those challenges that they're facing and some ways that they can overcome those challenges in your expert opinion? Um, so I think, you know, the great resignation, hiring and firing talent, uh, hiring and, and attracting talent and retaining talent uh, is a big, big challenge for many leaders right now. And, um, and, and I think it's learning to say, okay, I can't just delegate some stuff to you and hope it works. I actually, you know, now that the workforce is open up and my people can work anywhere, I need to be an attractive place to work. How do I do that? Well, first of all, I need to get connected to the meaningful mission of our work. What are we really about? What are we here to do? And then I need to understand what motivates my people and tie what motivates them to a meaningful mission. And I'm only going to know that if I have that conversation with them to ask what really drives them, what motivates them. So we develop some programs to be able to help leaders do that and get to the beyond the surface level answers to really understand what's driving people. Um, I use an assessment called the Enneagram um, and I use it to help people understand their leadership styles. But what's powerful about it in particular is it helps you understand what motivates or drives people, why they do the things that they do. And when you know that as a leader, you can better talk about how what you do or also find work that best supports that and know how to work with them better. So there's that piece. There's like tied to a mission. There's another piece on building a caring connection between you and the person and creating caring connection between you and the rest of the team. You know, as work becomes more virtual, um, there's a transactional cost to it. And if I don't really have this connectivity or feel like the team matters, it's, it's easy for me to be lured away by high, higher pay. Like there's just no loyalty. The only way that you combat the pay war 
is to be able to build a type of connection with your team such that they love working with you. They feel connected to you. They feel connected to the team. So we also have programs that help you design that. And, and finally, I'll just add one piece. The final piece is what kind of development opportunities are you giving people? One of the reasons there's some research about why people stay. And a lot of it is they feel like they stay because they feel like they're growing. They feel like they have new opportunities. So what kind of leadership development are you providing for your people that will keep, have them feel like they're continually growing? I love everything you just said there. And it, and it totally resonates um, you know, with me as a business owner, um, but also brings to light some of the challenges that have happened over the last couple of years. We can't meet face to face. It's more and more difficult to have those intimate one on ones when you're not working out of an office and you have to work over Zoom to have those conversations. Is there is there a power to ensuring that these meetings do happen face to face as opposed to over a Zoom call or does it matter? I mean, look, I, I think there is incredible power to meeting in person. You see much more body language. Body language means you can see my body, right? You're seeing, you're getting a face, and but there is so much more information and uh, that we pick up subconsciously when we're in person. There's something about that connectivity. But the reality is we got what we got, right? And in some cases, we can make that happen. In some cases, we can't. So how do we move beyond that? And I think leaders have sensed this and they've tried to make up for that lack of connectivity by creating like the pizza virtual happy hour, I call it. And while that's really good, it's not actually getting to the level of depth that we need to build the connectivity that I'm really talking about. And so that's where we've developed some programs. We've got this amazing program called Leadership Edge where People are under getting to understand their own leadership style and then having a dialogue as a team and look at where as a team are we performing well and where are we struggling and having that kind of conversation. When you get to that level of vulnerability, that's what builds the connectivity that I'm talking about. Real quick, guys, are your messages on social media falling on deaf ears? Are you having trouble converting those leads from social media? Well, there's a better way to do it. And that is by use of a lead magnet, something that provides immense value to your target audience that's irresistible and they can't say no. The goal here is to get that contact information from your ideal clients off of social media so you can put them into a nurture sequence so they can know, like, and trust you. If this sounds of interest to you, we've done dozens and dozens and dozens of these type of campaigns for our clients and we can help you out as well. Head on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. M-E-R-G-E-D dot C-A. Talking about finding good talent in the workplace, because, you know, it's been more and more challenging today than, than any time before. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think there's a lot more entrepreneurs that are becoming entrepreneurs now or aspiring entrepreneurs becoming entrepreneurs. So finding some of that good talent is becoming a challenge for a lot of leaders. So are there some hacks or ways that leaders can stand out amongst the rest to attract that good talent to their company and business? Um, I think that I think it, so much comes through in how you present yourself, whatever posting you put out there for the job. And so I would say, look, take a look and at, at similar job descriptions to what you're offering and see what they're doing and how you can make yourself more compelling, a little bit more interesting, not so 
so many of them are kind of boring. Like if you think about you read, you're like, oh, like what is something that you can do that make yourself stand out? Um, that will be far more compelling to people because that's your that's your point of leverage. And then, of course, work your networks. Right. That's, you know, um, people that know you uh, will be far better to recommend that you check out the options. Tell them what your openings are um, and who you're looking for. And I, I found a lot of leaders have found their best talent that way versus the old traditional route. How about using social media to position yourself as a business leader, as a thought of the trusted, liked expert in that specific field? I think that gives some great fuel to potential candidates to learn more about your company and have those conversations with you when you go to interview them. Absolutely. So, I mean, putting yourself out there, but also talking about what an amazing company that you have and how much you value the people you work with. That is far more attractive to a, a new candidate coming in than also you just promoting yourself. So mm. I would say use it as a platform to promote your team mm. and why you have a really unique culture and look for ways to celebrate your staff. And then when I'm searching social media and I see how you do that, then I'm going to be more attracted to being, being on board. Awesome. Um, and as this is a marketing podcast, Susan, you, you have to tell our audience, how are you marketing yourself in 2022? Yes. Well, launching the book, being on this podcast, um, I, I have my own podcast called The Enlightened Executive. And in it, we feature groundbreaking techniques and strategies to help you get the edge in personal leadership effectiveness. Um, so there's that piece, of course. And um really reaching out to the one-on-one. -on -one. There's some, there's been some people that since the pandemic, I haven't connected with in a while. And so each week I am putting out, putting out feelers to five to 10 people. I'm reaching out and seeing if they just want to grab a virtual coffee or something to touch base and say, have you been? I love that. Holding yourself accountable as well. Right? Yes. That's great. If our audience has any questions for you, Susan, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yes, well, I'd love to invite them to take a, a free quiz on enlightened leadership, which is at susandrum.com slash quiz. That's S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M dot com slash quiz. And it's just a quick seven minute quiz. We'd love your feedback on it. And it'll give you a taste for where your strengths may lie and also what could be getting in your way. What are some blind spots that could be holding you back that perhaps you explore deeper on how to move the needle on those. And certainly my book that's coming out will be sharing exactly one way that you can move the needle on those blind spots. You can get all those links when this podcast episode launches. It's going to be merged.ca slash podcast slash 129. Go on over and check all the juicy links over there that Susan just mentioned. Um, we end every episode, Susan, with the same question. That question is this. If you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? To represent my brand. I was I was Anybody. thinking, what's that? Anybody. Anybody. Well, it would be a person that most people wouldn't know. And that's sort of the power behind um, an incredible, incredible mentor. But I worked um, with a leader named Steve, Stephen Ringelstein. And he, to me, is the epitome of enlightened leadership. And I would want 
someone like him standing in front and talking to others because man, is he good. Well, I would say, Susan, having somebody like yourself mentoring and coaching that person, you could virtually pick anybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've worked with some incredible leaders. So um, I think it's also purposeful that I'm not picking somebody famous necessarily, mm -hmm. but I'm picking actually somebody behind the scenes who's really authentic and has actually done his own work beyond done his own work. And he holds up. He shines the light for me. So love I'd it. love to take a moment to shine the light on him. Susan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Take care. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I truly appreciate it. And would love it if you went over to your podcast platform and gave us a subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you think the Merged Marketing Podcast is a good fit for somebody else, like your business partner or your spouse, just go on over and give this episode a share. I'd love it if you would share the wealth of knowledge and value that I'm bringing to you and share it to other people. That would be amazing. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't set up for good. Be great. We'll see you soon.